7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. How you doing? Jim Davis along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. There's a new sheriff in town. No, it's... Well, it's, the sheriff will always be paid in Manning, but now... Does, does Sean Payton become the marshal? Since he is the head coach? Is he the marshal? I don't know. I'm not sure what designation you would give him, but there's definitely somebody in charge, an adult in the room in Denver, and the dude is Sean Payton. Just the reaction he had yesterday when asked about Russ's entourage, mm-hmm. Jake keeps his personal quarterback coach. I think he'd be welcome in the facility. Yeah. I've been reading a lot the last five days, really, since this was a, a done deal, right? It went from fun Sean to game day Sean when that question was asked. Yep. His face went to, nope, 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 nope. we're nope. not going to do that. Not going to happen. Don't don't care. Yeah, who Russell Wilson is. Don't don't care. He's all I, joking until it's about Russell Wilson's entourage. Then he's like, nope, nope, that's not happening. Not going to be here. We'll play the clip coming up later on. Just because I, I had the chance, we we ran the the presser yesterday. Had the mm-hmm. chance to to listen to it. I don't know how much you listen to it. You're busy doing doing your work over there. Yeah. But uh, just comments you've read, things you've heard, things like that. You're not a Broncos fan. We always mm-hmm. have to make that disclaimer. So from the outside looking in, because I've got my, my thoughts about what I heard yesterday. How do you, what's your reaction to Sean Payton and what you heard yesterday? It kind of reinforced what I said yesterday on the show that there's an adult in the room now. You know, there's a grown-up. It's a professional football coach. coach. Yeah. Guy's done it before. You know, and I I love the fact, like, I love the little digs, right? The, it's not like he's coming, he's not Nathaniel Hackett. And what I mean by that is twofold. One, he's not he made sure to point out the fact that you're not going to have the same Nathaniel Hackett type problems because he's got experience and he knows what he's doing. He's going to have to count down the clock. Right. But the fact that he came in and he said the little things, right. And it, he didn't go over the top with it, but there were little things like they're not going to have to count down the 32nd clock referencing the previous coach. We don't want anybody in our division to win anything. Whereas the Chiefs losing streak to Nathaniel Hackett didn't matter. And whether you understand where he's coming from and trying to you know, relay that the past doesn't really affect what he's doing right now, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. The fact that, you know, oh, you've lost 13 in a row coming into your tenure. That doesn't matter to me. I'm here now. You know what I mean? Sean Payton showed that he's different than that. And he showed it by essentially shining a light on himself and Nathaniel Hackett with, you know, we don't want teams in our division to win anything. I'm picking the Eagles. Stuff like that. 
it didn't like it didn't have to win me over because I'm not a fan of this team. It didn't right. have to make me run through the wall, right? No. But but, but got, you know football though, yeah, and you know what, what done, sounds right and what appears to be the, the the right approach. Yeah. When it got done, it's like, all right, now go get to work. He, you know, he won the press conference. But it wasn't because he was up there cracking jokes or it's listen to how fast this guy talks. Does he ever take a breath? Oh, my gosh, he's got that energetic energy. There's none of that. There was very much confidence. A, yeah, it got back to, and I know this is going to get me into some trouble. This coach sounded like what the expectations are for the franchise, right? Nathaniel Hackett was too young too fresh, you know, more out of uh, his depth, out of his depth, you know, not right, not really. He didn't fit the expect his personality did not fit the expectations of what the fan base holds for the franchise. Right. Very true. It's like it doesn't matter if you had fun or not. You need to win. Right. Like you can be miserable, but if you win, nobody really cares. And that's kind of what Sean Payton brings. Right. It's very much business and work and I'm not here to be anybody's friend I'm here to be everybody's boss and that is something that's needed especially after last year the being maniacal about the details Mm -hmm. that's a phrase that he used that he talked about the the towels that they had passed out to the fans in New Orleans and how they didn't cut muster of what he they, wanted what he wanted, and so I mean, those are the kinds of things about Sean Payton where details matter. Mm-hmm. There was the piece that I read about how I think it was from Thomas Morstead, the the punter for the Saints, who would watch Payton and Breeze sit at a table f- for an hour and a half talking about one play on third down. One on play, a third down play. A play that they would run, and he goes, I didn't have a, a clue what they were talking Weren't about. Even speaking my language is what he said. Yeah. Because I just finished that article about 20 yeah. minutes ago. And, but that they would, the, the attention to detail about mm-hmm. a play that they had run on third down. They spent an hour and a half on that. Yeah. That's the kind of guy you're getting with Sean Payton. And while, look, I, I know people are going to say, well, didn't you want Dan Quinn, Jim? Yeah, I did. Because I wasn't sure what the compensation would be. I wasn't sure about what Sean, Sean Payton's interest. There were, there were concerns. Mm-hmm. Compensation concerned me. Legitimate interest by Sean Payton concerned well, me. And then compensation I thought it was just a, concerned Sean Payton, right? Because right. he didn't. He straight up said it. If they were going to give too much, I wasn't coming. Because I, I got to have assets or I got to have things to yeah. work with. I can't. You can't give everything away and then expect me to come in here and turn this thing around. Right. And so that played a, a, a crucial role in, in him because it would have got done a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. And give George Payne and the Broncos credit for negotiating a deal with Mickey Loomis that didn't didn't kneecap this franchise. Right. And and so I, I just everything I heard yesterday made me feel like they made the right decision. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. Could be totally wrong. This this may blow up. This may be a disaster. I just feel like that whatever happens with Russ, and, and I, I like the fact that we sent a message yesterday. 
hey, we want Russell Wilson to be better, but we want the 53-man roster to be better. Mm-hmm. It's not just about him. Right. It's Our focus is not about making Russell Wilson better. It's about making the Denver Broncos better. There was the quote. I don't want to find the quote before I even paraphrase it because it can be kind of, I don't know, misleading if I get it wrong. So I want to find it when he was talking talking a little bit about Russell Wilson. And I know there were things last year that we liked about Nathaniel Hackett and his introductory press conference. There were things four years ago we liked about Vic Fangio. Absolutely. But you get a vibe that this one's, for lack of a better term, going to work, right? Last year, there are things I liked about Nathaniel Hackett, but kind of always underneath was, look at this bleeping guy. Yeah. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> what's What, what, what is exactly he, is he, what's he thinking what, he's trying to do here? You know, we, and we look, we applauded the, the youngish mm-hmm. coaching staff, music back at practice, more of a fun environment. Yeah. And we, we celebrated that. We thought that was great. That's all great if you win. And it's all great if you win, and they didn't win. Mm-hmm. And so that ceases to be a positive thing when you don't win a damn football game, when you, right. when you're, when you only win five football games the entire season. I, I just get the feeling of Sean Payton, it's, do you guys want to win? Let me, let me know who wants to win mm-hmm. here. If you want to win, I want you here. You want to get better, I want you here. I mean, part of what we're doing, I want you to be here. So any of those things turn you off or disagreeable to you? There's the door. Yeah, go go find some place else to be. I I got that feeling yesterday's and and he he tried to diminish the the myth that he is a tyrant. As far as when I'm in the building, it's my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. About his about because Mickey Loomis and him. Are, are really good friends, the, the GM yeah. of the New Orleans Saints. And he said that you know, we, we, we didn't have disagreements about players on the roster, about the draft. I mean, mm-hmm. if we, we, we may talk about it. We may not entirely agree, but we never had... They didn't have disagreements in the open. Exactly. And it was never a case where I went in, you know, me being Sean Payton, I go into the room and tell him, this is how we're going to do it. Right. It was a collaborative effort. If we had discussions about things, it was behind closed doors, and that's how we approached it. And that's in the how room, I, they may have totally disagreed, yelled at each other, but once the doors opened, they were on the same page. Right. They would come to a conclusion. There would be an agreement about how we're going to approach this. And one guy may end up losing out on the deal, but they had to be both okay with it. And, and so I like the fact that he clarified what the relationship was like with Mickey Loomis in terms mm-hmm. of building a roster that includes free agency in the draft, current players, players with expiring contracts, on on how Peyton's going to approach it, how Sean Peyton's going to approach right. it with George Peyton. So, I, and you know, Manning, like comma Peyton eventually. Just, just got to throw that. In. Perhaps. So the the quote I found was anonymous donors. Right. He, he wants them to be anonymous donors when when they work for the team. A little less visibility on social media is what he says. Just know that we're working. He wants them to be anonymous donors. And I like it. I'm fine with that. I like um, that. Look, and I looking, know. Looking at uh, Russell. Looking Allen? at you. Wear your own jersey to practice, guy. 
you know. And so, like, he kind of spent, I don't know, I don't want to say he went out of his way, right? Because it didn't feel like a sniper shot, but you know exactly who he's talking about, yeah, right? He's talking about Russ. And, you know, and, and so and he, he kind of took care to very professionally tell the star quarterback that that stuff's not really going to fly with how I do things. And he also took the time, though, to point out the things he likes about Russell Wilson. Right. About Russ, about, about Russ trying to get a hold of Sean Payton. Sean's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want tampering. Thing. No, I don't, don't. I'm the last guy that needs to get in yeah, trouble with the league. Exactly. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> you got People haven't forgotten that bounty gate thing. Don't mm-hmm. don't call me. But out in Del Mar, Drew Brees is the neighbor of Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's like, go talk to you and Drew. You guys talked yeah. and said you know, about making him the senior assistant of Del Mar. Right. And that that Peyton acknowledged the enthusiasm, the work ethic of Russell Wilson. He he took time to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with this guy. I think it's going to be a great relationship. I think it has potential being a really good relationship here. But also pointing out the things like the entourage and Jay keeps quarterback personal mm-hmm. quarterback coach and also stuff's not going to fly anymore that what you do away from from the facility that that's your deal like you to keep a lower profile on social media mm-hmm. i think that needs to happen he did it in a way that i thought was professional was not pointing out you know with russ the entourage thing i mean that there's no way you get around that right it was just flat out my policy has always been this. Well, and you when and, he straight up asked about it. Yeah, he's going to answer. Know. And and I thought the answer was was perfect. It was this has always been my policy. Mm-hmm. My policy doesn't change whether it's New Orleans or Denver. Yeah. My policy is still if you're not team personnel, you're not in the building. Well, and like I said, handled it professionally. He made it about how he runs things, not right. about Russ's entourage, right? They asked him about it, and he's like, that's foreign to me. I'm not familiar with it. Our staff, our players will be here, and that's it. That's it. He didn't straight up say, I'm not going to allow his dudes in the building, because there's an article in the Post from Sean Keeler talking with Deuce McAllister about Drew B. Drew, Drew Brees, easy for me to say, had an entourage, and they were allowed into the building, but not to work out personally with Drew Brees, right? Drew didn't have his own office. None of that stuff. Like, right. they could come around, but... It had to be under very specific Very conditions. limited conditions. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the access right. was going to be limited. So, like, he's not going to isolate Russ from his friends and family, but... Right. When you're here, you're working with us. You can have your coach on the side, whatever, do whatever, but you're not going to be using our facilities to work with your coach. The McAllister, one of the quotes was, he doesn't want any individuals to feel they're bigger than a team. You never, even though Drew Brees was the star in New Orleans, you never got that feeling, right? Right. That he was bigger than other guys. And and so I think this will be an interesting situation moving forward about how how does a power struggle begin? Does it start? Well, let's be honest. Russell Wilson doesn't have a leg to stand on in this deal. Coming off a career-worst season, mm-hmm. a five-win season, 
and you can you know you can roll out you know you know this little thing yeah that's right when you've won five games that's laughable yeah when you're won 12 games mm-hmm. you can say that particular phrase yeah that's right when you win five by halloween then you can do that right sure but yeah win five by new year's day that's <laughs> yeah. not great I just think it's Sean Payton coming in saying, okay, time for the BS to be over with. Mm-hmm. And if Russ, do, you, do you want to win or not? Do you, Russ, do you want to win? You, you came here, you said you wanted to win. Do you want to win? If you want to win, we're doing it my way. And we question Russ's self-awareness. If he's got any, he knows that all of that junk has to stop. Yep. There's could there be t- people telling me, oh come on, Russ, that that's still part of you. It's part of your brand. Mm-hmm. It's it's your brand. You've got to do you've got to do the social media stuff. You've got to do all those those things that you've done. That had nothing to do with this team losing or you playing badly. He's gonna have people trying to tell him that, right? And he's got to tell them, shut up. I got to get back to being a football player. But he's also got a guy now in the building that's gonna tell him, once you get inside that door, your brand doesn't matter. You know what your brand is. Denver Broncos. That's, that's your brand. There's no one there right now, or there was no one there at all last season that had the cojones to tell him his brand was secondary to the team. Now there's a dude there that it's, has no compunction to do that. And doesn't even feel it's secondary. It's a non-factor. It's in, Sean, in Sean Payton's world, it's a non-factor. Right. Does What does it have to do with you being better on third down? What does it have to do with this offense being a better scoring offense? You doing some video, whatever, doing high knee lifts on a plane to London. Don't, I don't need that stuff. What I need, what I need you to be, Russ, is join me being an adult in the room. That's what he needs him to do. And it's not, and once again, Guru Gary thought we were picking on Russ yesterday. Totally. It's not all in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is not a bad guy. I still like Russell Wilson. I just think Russell Wilson did things last year that, while not not meaning to do things that ruined the season. They were all a bad look. They were all a bad look in what was a bad season. And And if people come up with optics shouldn't matter. Well, you're being naive. They do. They do matter. They do matter. Optics absolutely matter. Just take a look at some of the people you don't like around the sports landscape. A lot of it's optics. Some right. of it is actually what they have done. Right. But a lot and, of it is just optics and something they did rubbed you the wrong way sure. personally. And it's not that Russ is some belligerent. He's not Kyrie Irving or some guy. I don't guy. even dislike him. I he's like, just kind of he's, a dork. He's just kind of a dork. And he's, This he's, last season was, hey, look, come on, man. You're not playing nearly well enough to do this stuff. That stuff can be funny, and when you're winning, mm-hmm. you can do stuff like that, and people, it doesn't bother people. But when you're having your worst season ever, yeah. and this team's a not you know can't can't win a football game because they because the offense is averaging the the worst it's the worst scoring offense in the league and one mm-hmm. of the worst scoring offenses in Bronco history. That stuff doesn't fly, man. It just doesn't. So you got some reaction to what you heard from Sean Payton yesterday. We'd love to hear from you. I think you've got a sense of what, how we feel about yeah. it. I, I just, like you said, it's the adult in the room thing. 
you have a coach in Sean Payton that knows what the hell he's talking about. And it showed yesterday. He's a very competitive guy. I remember what Minneapolis Miracle, he made some gesture. He did the skull clap. <laughs> the skull clap, yeah. And then uh, Case Keenum hit through yeah. a touchdown to Diggs and it was the Minneapolis Miracle and then crap for the Saints. But that's the kind of guy he is, though. Yeah. He's a he's a competitive guy that's that's going to find ways to get under your skin. He yelled at an assistant once because he gave him spearmint instead of juicy fruit. Talk about attention to detail. He changed the travel sweatpants for the Saints three times in one season because he, he had, didn't like how they fit. Was it Mike Bell? What running back? And it was was it Mike Bell? Yeah, that had the wrong cleats on. Yep, and he in slipped the Super in Bowl and he benched him. And he benched him like, go sit down. I don't. <laughs> you have the. You shouldn't have been wearing those cleats. Yeah, go sit down. I don't want to see you again. This kind of guy is. 721. So, uh, text or call us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Love your thoughts on uh, what you heard from Sean Payton yesterday. Officially introduced to Broncos country. Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Time for... What's happening? Brought to you by our friends over at ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Looking for a new business phone system? Well, guess what? That's what they do. We have one right here. ComWest put in for us sensational mm-hmm. business phone system. They do backup and disaster recovery, cybersecurity, surveillance, PC and server support, and more. Find out what they can do for you. As your technology service partner, ComWest, call them today, 970-242-8142. All right, so we start out with Sean Payton, the former Super Bowl champion coach, was introduced yesterday to the Denver media as the Broncos' new head coach. Payton was asked about fixing quarterback Russell Wilson. He says it's not just about getting the best out of his veteran quarterback. It's about improving everyone on the roster. I kind of was taught early on, hey, what is it they, they do well, and let's have them do those things. None of us want to go, I, I, I don't like singing, period, but none of us want to be at a karaoke bar with a song we don't know the words to. How do we get them comfortable and highlight their strengths? He also says the work begins on building a staff and a winning culture. It really begins with the people. And so, you know, finding not only coaches, all the people involved in this process to be successful, it, it's really an organizational goal. And you know, planning to win, but then here's how. Payton already is a member of his staff and announcing the hiring of Zach Strafe as the Broncos' new offensive line coach. He played 12 seasons on the Saints' offensive line for Payton before becoming the New Orleans Saints' play-by-play voice. He left the boot to be the Saints' assistant line coach the last two seasons. For a monument, they'll induct seven new members in their Athletic Hall of Fame tonight. Former state wrestling champions Dean Hall, Brian Rush, and James Fleischer will go into the hall along with Wildcat state championship football standout Rich Paris, multi-sport athlete George Pickens, late state golf champion Danny Doyle, and state track and field champion Sonny Russell Hansen. Hansen won the state high jump titles in 2004 and 2006. She says former coach Phil Wortman had a big impact on her and other Wildcat athletes. Phil was so influential for so many kids, and I don't, I don't think he takes credit for that like he should. Um, you know, I just a lot of kids did track because of the atmosphere that Phil created, and because it was a fun environment. Wortman went to the Wall, the Wildcat Hall of Fame last year. The inductees will be honored at halftime of tonight's Fruit of Monument Boys game against Montrose. The team will have the game 
starting the pregame at 5.15. Girls tip it at 5.30. The boys at around 7 o'clock tonight. Speaking of the Wildcats matchup with Montrose tonight, Fernamonument girls have won six in a row, including a 52-36 win over Central, finishing off an unblemished first run to the Southwestern League. Their four league wins have included holding teams to under 28 points per game on average. Wildcats head coach Jeff Johnson says they've been drilling the defensive side of the game into the players, and that's helped them win six straight. We've done a pretty good job in most of our games of limiting uh, players. In most of our practices, we start out with team drills on the defensive end. Uh, we're really pushing them to be uh, perfect on defense. Wildcat girls in first place in the Southwestern League. Likewise, for the Fruit of Monument boys, they uh, picked up the win over Central on Friday night. And two weeks ago, the Wildcat boys won at Montrose 47-40. Caleb Ferguson was the only Red Hawk in double figures that night, scoring 16 the loss. It'll be dangerous again tonight, but Wildcats head coach Jake Aguirre says they want to focus on stopping the ball no matter who has it. You know, we always talk about stopping them together. It's trying to stop the ball. Hopefully we'll do a nice job of keeping our eye on the ball, our pressure on the ball, and, and not giving up easy shots for these guys because they'll make them. Once again, our coverage begins at 5.15 tonight. Girls tip it at 5.30, boys around 7 o'clock. And then after that, we'll join in progress the Denver Nuggets taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves at Ball Arena. And that's... What's happening? All right, should mention a big top 25 college basketball score last night. We'll talk with Wyatt Thompson about this one. Kansas gets the win over uh, Texas last night. Number nine, Kansas knocks off number five, Texas, 88-80 to last night in Big 12 play. All right, your thoughts about Sean Payton. Your introductory press conference yesterday. Text or call us, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Craptastic. That's just crap today. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Today, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. All right. Both teams, Philadelphia and Kansas City, arrived in Phoenix. Super Bowl media night last night. Bring a little bit of sound. I'll, I'll give you a little warning. Travis Kelsey gets yeah. a little little salty here. So, grandpas, don't text us. Yeah. We, we know. The reason left it in, because it... Um, create some emphasis if you will yeah into what, he, into what he's trying to convey it's really not that bad of a word right you know it's very kind of mild for me on the on the ledger but of course you know me off the air i'm i'm fairly profane so take that for what you will your mileage may vary but it's technically an animal Right. So, there is that. Because I know we before we played... We run afoul of grandpas all the time. So, keep that in mind. But I just thought, considering what he's trying to say here, it was important to leave it in. So, this is is Travis Kelsey conveying some life lessons. And the life lesson that he's talking about here actually came from... Somebody's become extremely popular in this state over the last uh, month or so. Here's uh, 
Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Educate yourself on whatever it is you want to be big in um, and, and have that want and that fuel to gain the knowledge for it. And uh, if your dreams aren't bigger than you, then you're not dreaming big enough. I learned that from Deion Sanders. Man, take your ass to school. I was, uh, I was a knucklehead, man, and I, uh, I didn't want to – I wanted to have more fun in life than I wanted to actually work. So uh, understanding, you know, how to sit down and do work and do the things that I don't necessarily want to do so that I can have the, the enjoyment and the enlightenment in life uh, down the line, you know, I had to learn that myself. So I tell them, you know, take yourself to school and do something that you don't want to do, man. Go to school. Yeah. Don't be a knucklehead. He didn't say pass. He just said go. Just go to school. Just how about just learn something? Okay, mm-hmm. read a book, learn about something. Not spend all day on TikTok. Learn something. Yeah, learn something that's going to help you be a better you, be a better human, be a smarter human. I like that. Dream big. Believe in yourself. It's worked for Deion Sanders. <laughs> it's worked big time mm-hmm. for Coach Prime. Also, uh, Eagles coach Nick Sirianni, he was asked, because I guess he's a Steelers fan. When he'd grown up, he was a Steelers fan. If the Steelers played the Eagles in the Super Bowl, who would he root for? And just a quick thought about facing the Chiefs. Played the Steelers in the Super Bowl, who would I root for? Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really good uh, football team. Um, you know, well coached with great players. Um, both at, at every level on the defense, at every level on the offense. Um, no surprise that they're here. All right. Going up against his former boss, who, who Andy Reid fired him when he was on the Chiefs staff. Mm-hmm. So Coach Reid was charged with the task of telling me I wasn't working there anymore. So, you know, but he was awesome. He was actually an awesome, an awesome conversation I had with him, and I really respect the fact that he took the time to meet with me, tell me, what he had heard about me. Now, in in fairness, Sirianni was a holdover from the previous staff. Todd Haley was Todd the coach. Haley would and Romeo Cornell had brought that brought him on and kind of groomed him, and then Andy Reid had brought in his own people. But still, he was under contract, and Andy Reid did fire him from the Chiefs. And so, yeah, I mean, it was. But that does kind of speak to the point, right? That. Everybody seems to just love Andy Reid, yes. even if he's firing you. <laughs> you're, you're even okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sirianni worked his way up from offensive quality control coach in 09, and then he was the receivers coach with the Chiefs in 2012, and then Todd Haley got fired, and Andy Reid. It wasn't, yeah, it was one of those things where you bring in your guys. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a dislike Nick Sirianni. Right. It was just like, I've, I've got my guys here that I'm bringing in. It's a little, going back to last segment, Kind of Sean Payton-esque, right? It's like, I got my guys, and uh, you're not one of them. <laughs> Sorry. But so, I've heard great things about you, and you got a bright future and all the platitudes, right? Hey, here's, the, here's the clip of Sirianni talking about Reed. Uh, hi, Nick. Um, hey, uh, I was wondering, um, it, it, obviously Kansas City was important to your career. and You mentioned your personal life there a little bit. Um you talked about it uh, a, a while back, but you know when you when Andy came in and you got to meet with him, do you, do you remember uh, what went on in that meeting? And did you try to pick his brain as far as you know what kind of coach he was? Yeah, that that probably wasn't the time, so I didn't get a chance to there. It was kind of 
uh, more so, um, you know, just kind of receiving my fate there of, you know, he had a guy, um, he was, you know, I really admired that he, he pulled me into the office and, and asked to meet with me and, 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 uh, and, and told me, you know, face to face that, you know, he had a guy, but I had heard good things about me and I appreciated that. And, uh, his honesty, his, you know, his ability to get to me as soon as he possibly could so I could move on and, and find another job. Um, and so I, I didn't, I didn't get a chance, uh, to, to pick his brain at all on anything like that, but, um, got a ton of respect for coach Reed and, and who he is as a person and who he is as a coach. Uh, his record speaks for itself, but I mean, you talk to anybody and, and, and they think even higher of him as a person. And so, um, do I know him all that well? No, but, uh, you know, I have a high, high amount of respect for him. All right. Cause there was a little bit of early on for people that didn't know the story. Oh, it's, Andy Reid fired Nick Sirianni. Yeah. He canned him. It's like axe to grind. It's like, no, no, not, not really. really. Not really. Yes, but no. a soft yes, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he fired him, but like. But it was under circumstances that Sirianni understood. Yeah. It was just part, it's part of the business. Mm-hmm. It's part of the profession, how it works out. It's strictly what happens. The guy that brought you in got fired. The new guy coming in has no attachment to you. It's. Sean Payton Ajiro Averro, right? Right. It's like, I'm coming in. I'm probably bringing my own guy. You've done great work, and I'm going to let you go get a job somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think there was, I think there was more of a encouragement maybe to stay from Sean Payton to Jiro Averro. Mm-hmm. But I think it was Averro's like, look, I, I I came here because of Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know if this is going to be. I don't. I don't staying here is the best thing for me to do. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe Sean Payton just said, "Look, you did great work here. I've got other guys I'm looking at, like Mike Zimmer." Hey, he's already uh, in the state, right? Mike Zimmer. Supposedly so. Yeah. See what happens if Mike Zimmer, uh, to say the Seattle Seahawks defensive assistant, he's supposedly in the the mix for the job as well. Brian Flores is now, I think, what the Vikings. DC. Yeah, yeah I think they hired him yesterday. So it looks like uh, Brian Flores is out of the mix. Joe in Woods is going somewhere. He was available there for a minute. Oh, gosh. Joe Woods Saints, went. I believe. Yeah, he went to the Saints. He went to work for Dennis Allen mm-hmm. and the Saints. Good luck with that. Yeah, that defense is going to get <laughs> predominantly worse. Good luck with that. All right. So they're getting the band back together, the uh, former Broncos assistant coaches. I'm going to call Wade Phillips, get an actual DC in there. No, I'm just kidding. That was no, very nice. Wade's got it his XFL gig. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The minor league football, that's Hollywood, according to USFL. <laughs> to, to, to Hollywood for you at the USFL. We're not some Hollywood reboot. No, you're uh, you're an Alabama reboot. Well, no, you're a poor, a pathetic knockoff of what was a really yeah. good professional spring football league that at one point yeah. could emerge with the NFL. You are like the George version of a t-shirt yeah. that shrinks three sizes when you yeah. wash it. USFL, there when one individual just mm-hmm. would have shut up. I won't go into that. Darn you, Jim Kelly. <laughs> Wasn't him. Warren Moon. Wasn't him. Steve Warren, Young. Because Warren didn't play in the league. But oh, I thought okay. he... No, he was CFL. That's right. He played in the Canadian, he's played with the Edmonton Eskimos. Doug he, Flutie. Yeah, Doug, Doug played in the USFL. Played for the guy I'm kind of referencing. <laughs> or the, the guy I am referencing. They killed the league. Absolutely killed the league. 739.
We will leave that alone. Coming up next, we'll talk with our college basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson. That's on the way. We'll talk about that Kansas win over Texas last night. It is time right now for Soundcheck. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. There are some guys that make basketball fun to watch, even when they're not playing, right? Steph Curry, three-point shooter, shoots from anywhere. People try to emulate him, and sometimes it's fun to watch. Damian Lillard, on his own, is the kick in the pants to watch. It's just so much fun. He kind of makes basketball hard to watch for other people when they try to do what he did last night. Dame outside, no one open. Time running down, 11 on the shot clock, drills a three. What is that, two strides past midcourt? Nothing but net. Wait, wait, wait a minute. His first three of the night. That was a loud one. Yeah, we're not going to act like that was normal. He took two steps inside the front court, and the defense backed off, and he's like, all right, and drained it. Other kids try to do that, and it's that's out of bounds. That's a turnover. But Lillard, it's fun to watch when he does it. <laughs> it's okay when he does it. And he did, too. It wasn't like a runner. He just spotted up and just drained it. Dude, chill. <laughs> 740. Wyatt Thompson joins us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking college basketball with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson. On the Jim Davis Show. Joining us right now, Wyatt Thompson, Voice Can State Wildcats or College Basketball Insider. Good morning, Wyatt. How are you? I'm doing really well, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fine. I have to ask you, being a Broncos fan in enemy territory in uh, the state of Kansas, um, how do you feel about uh, Sean Payton? And I imagine you probably caught a little bit of the press conference. I know you're, you're probably really busy yesterday, but kind of your thoughts about Sean Payton, now the Broncos head coach. I was pretty excited about it, to be real honest with you. Um, my son, of course, is every bit as much, if not more so, of a Bronco fan than I am. And he was kind of the guy that um, I think Peyton was the guy he wanted all along. So he <laughs> he was really, really thrilled. And I, I think they've got a coach that uh, is just a winner. Uh, I think he's going to do it his way. I'm, I'm excited about it. Are you? I, I am. You know, initially... Yeah, I had my my reservations because of the potential compensation issues. Uh, I, I kind of questioned Sean Payton's interest in in coaching once again, uh-huh. and I, I I thought that his eyes were more you know focused on what was going to happen in Dallas with Mike McCarthy, and I like Dan Quinn. I was initially a Dan Quinn supporter, but sure. I think the compensation turned out to be not not nearly as bad as we thought it was going to be. It was not two first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. I liked everything I heard yesterday, and there definitely seems to be an adult in the room for the first time in a long time. A guy that knows how to win a Super Bowl. He did it in 2009 with the Saints. A guy that knows how to get this thing turned around in, you know, what's that? Obviously, a, a challenging division with the Chiefs and, of course, the Chargers. Raiders, you yeah. know what direction they're going to go these days. But I, I liked everything I heard yesterday. I think it ended up being the right choice made by Greg Penner and company. Yeah, I, I think you said a lot there. And, I, and again, I'm with you on a guy that has been there, not only winning a Super Bowl, but being a consistent winner 
for the vast majority of a, a long and somewhat distinguished career. I, I'm really excited about it, to be honest. I, and you're right, the division they're in right now is very difficult, uh, certainly with Kansas City and Mahomes. <laughs> you know, um, it, it just is what it is. But, you know, you just got to you got to get to the dance, right? And uh, they need to get a little bit closer to being a playoff team before they start worrying about Super Bowls. Um, and, and there's work to do there. So it, it, it's going to take some steps. But um, I, I think he could be a guy that could get you there over time. I, I do as well. I, I think that it's he's the, the right guy at the right time for this football team and not just to, to fix, quote, you know, Russell Wilson, but to fix this football team in total. Yeah. So. Purdue, number one team once again, the AP Top 25 poll. But the good news is for the Big 12, lead all conferences with six ranked teams. And I think that's that speaks to the thing we've talked about a lot, the, the quality of play in the Big 12. And I guess to kind of speak to that as well, your Kansas State Wildcats, who were on a, a really great run, it's been a little bit rougher lately. You know, still 18-5, and five, still a really good record for the Wildcats, but uh, fell five spots uh, after the loss to Kansas and then to Texas. Those two, of course, met last night with the Jayhawks picking up an eight-point victory. So it's been a little bit of a slide for the Kansas State Wildcats the last uh, couple of games. Well, it has, and, and part of that is certainly on them. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, is as an example, um, they had every opportunity to beat Texas at home on Saturday, played really, really well in the first half, but got outplayed by 14 in the second half and were hampered a lot by just mistakes, turnovers, those types of things. And here we are, Jim, late enough in the year where we're starting to make that turn in the Big 12 um, and in other conferences, but not everybody plays a full round robin like the Big 12. But now everybody's seeing, for the most part, everybody for a second time, and adjustments are made. Um, and, and I think K-State has to adjust a little bit back to that. Uh, Marquise Noel, who's been terrific all year long, has been in a little bit of a slump. And to be honest with you, I don't want to put it all on him, but as he goes, kind of K-State goes. And he didn't play very well on Saturday, just one, uh, 0 for 5 from 3. Um, I think had six turnovers in the game, and that's that's certainly unlike what he's been. He's been more like, um, oh, probably 8.5 <laughs> to to three on uh, assisted turnover ratio throughout most of the year. He's been really, really good, but not the last couple of two or three games. And I'll put it into perspective for you, though, this way. You have to keep, keep it all in front of you and understand what, what's going on. K-State plays at home tonight against a, a ranked team in TCU at 8 o'clock here at Bramlage, and this will be the sixth ranked team K-State has played in their last eight. So life in the Big 12 is not easy. No doubt about that. And like you said, with the six ranked teams, most of anybody, I mean, more yeah. than the ACC, more than the SEC. I mean, it's it shows how good the, the conference is once again this year. And when we get close to March Madness, how many teams do you think the Big 12 will get in to the big dance? Great question. And I, I'm going to say today, seven. Uh, I, I think there are six that are a lock. And you're kind of seeing now what I would describe as a race for who's next. Is it Oklahoma State, who all of a sudden is 5-5 five and five in conference play? Is it West Virginia, who's 14-9 and nine, but ranked 20th in the net? <laughs> uh, again, a lot of basketball to play, but yet not really. 
I mean, there are eight games left in the regular season here, and we're approaching, Jim, 30 days from Selection Sunday. So a ways to go, but, boy, every game is going to be big for these teams right now. I'm looking at the net right now in Houston. How, how do you weigh this out? And they're number one in the net, okay? They're 8-0 and on the road. 8-0 and on the road. But they're 9-0 and against quad four teams. What is, how do you balance that out, you know? You have to go down to, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it this way. There are only two other teams in the top 25 of the net who have played nine quad four teams. And yet they're still number one in the net because they're 8-0 on the road. <laughs> <laughs> and they're 5-1 and one against quad one and 7-0 and oh against quad two. <laughs> Lots of good hoopers out there. And yeah, I think that, you know, of course, Houston, the number two team in the nation right now at 22 and two, same record as top ranked Purdue that, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it, once again, we, we talked about Kelvin Sampson's team about maybe how, how, how good they are and how, even though they're, there's almost this feeling, right? Even though they're the number two team in the nation and we've seen them make deep runs in the tournament, there's still this, this, I don't maybe it's a feeling that I have sometimes where we kind of overlook them, Right. There just seems yeah. to be we don't we, we we talk about how good Alabama's been and, and and obviously Purdue, Arizona, Texas. You know, even though they lost last night, they're they're a top five team. How good Tennessee's been, even though this goes on and on. And for a while, you're Kansas State Wildcats, but we just there's almost this feeling I get that we kind of overlook Houston. Yeah, I, I think that's legit because, and I don't know whether it's the AAC. I tend to um, think it's that. I do. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think anybody would question Kelvin Sampson and his coaching ability, nor if you watch them fairly would you would you knock them for a lack of talent. I've watched them about three or four times this year, and they are exactly <laughs> what you think they would be with him. They are ex- they are big, they are extremely physical. They just like to beat you up. And more times than not, they've been able to do that. A um, couple of slip-ups, but that's that's also college basketball. And I think, you know, I, I look at Purdue, you know, and they're kind of – they last week they were the consensus one, and then they lost on the road at Indiana. That's not exactly a crime, right? Right. Um, I, think, I think they will be really, really good when we get to March. But – I just I think it's so much fun at this time of year with this kind of time left to go. Um, how far? I mean, if you're filling out a bracket today, how far would you take Tennessee? How far would you take Alabama, UCLA, UConn, Kansas? Uh, lots of question marks. Absolutely, Wyatt Thompson, yeah. the, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, our college basketball insider, joins us every Tuesday on the Team Sports Network. A team to maybe keep an eye on moving forward. North Carolina State, uh, they're in the AP Top 25 for the first time in four years. Uh, they're at number 22 this week, 19-5, and 9-4 and four in the ACC. And they, they've already passed the win total for each of the past two seasons. They're in a position to maybe make the tournament for the first time since 2018. This is a, you know, a program that has not had great success in recent years in the ACC. But all of a sudden, you know, here they are in the top twenty-five and making some noise, and you got you know Clemson that uh, is ten and three right now, and Virginia's nine and three in the ACC. Pittsburgh they're playing well, nine and three. Miami's at ten and four, but uh, North Carolina State, 
could be one of those teams that we talk about the ACC ends up getting uh, getting that chance to play in March Madness. I, I would not disagree with that, and there are always a few of those teams, and by a few, I mean you know three or four or five every year that kind of all the way through are pretty darn good. They're right there. Nobody's talking about them. And then when they get to the dance, they surprise you a little bit. And, and I, I think they are certainly capable of that. Uh, I haven't seen them a lot, in all honesty, but I, I think at the upper part of the ACC, it's still pretty good and maybe even a little undervalued. Um, we'll see how it, how it all plays out, but they're, they're going to be in that, that mix. You, 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 uh, in terms of a team, you, you kind of better keep an eye on. Uh, and I, you know, I know they don't play the same kind of competition night in and night out, but uh, would you put a New Mexico in that kind of range? Or let's go down and I mean, or Boise State. Will, even, will Michigan State even make the tournament? Yeah. You know, and, and, and we know how tough they are. Um, I, I mean, you could you could name several teams. I think Providence is pretty darn good, don't you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that I saw Nevada in the Cayman Islands, and I think they're pretty good. So Creighton's uh, playing well right now. Yeah, they are, especially yeah. after kind of a slow start. You're yeah. absolutely right on that. Yeah, but for NC State, uh, Turquavian Smith, I mean, leading scorer, uh, almost 19 points per game, assist good, leader, man. Steals leader. He's a pretty good basketball player for the Wolfpack. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they uh, they expect to make some noise, maybe make the NCAA tournament for the first time in uh, a few years. All right, White, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Uh, good luck with the call tonight. And uh, I guess very, very quickly, in about, like, about 30 seconds here, your thoughts about yeah. Kansas-Texas last night. Yeah. Well, it just <laughs> – Kansas does what they do in Allen Fieldhouse, right? Um, Jalen Wilson, they're – college player of the year candidate had two and they won by eight that doesn't happen unless you're at allen Fieldhouse. it's a big advantage for them hey white always appreciate it thank you sir yes sir bud anytime all right wyatt thompson voice can state wildcats our college basketball insider all right so get some thoughts about sean payton got nate from comwest good morning nate good to hear from our friends over comwest thanks uh sean payton should be called the judge yeah can't argue with that. I think that's uh, that's a good suggestion for a nickname for Sean Payton. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back with uh, hour two next hour, a uh, busy hour. We'll uh, talk with Steve Skiff, Montrose girls basketball coach. Red Hawks have a big one with Fruita Monument tonight. Second time through the league, this time at Fruita tonight for the uh, Hall of Fame uh, festivities going on out there. We'll talk with Steve Skiff coming up in just a few minutes. Also bring back uh, one of the interviews we uh, did with uh, one of the inductees tonight into the Wildcat Hall of Fame, Brian Rush. We'll have that for you coming up next hour as well. Text or call the show, 651-289-4488. 